Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. Hey, welcome back. This is podcast number 11, the Decide Your Legacy podcast. Got a great topic for you today. Sometimes clients come to me and they have a goal somewhere they want to go, yet something is holding them back. Usually, often, it's them not facing and dealing with their past. They may not want to go there. They may deny it actually impacts them. But if that might be you, dealing with your past, making progress, getting some resolution and some closure is gonna be well worth the effort. Today I'm gonna to talk to you about five, three things, three major th- reasons why you wanna deal with your past and three actions you can take to find ways to move forward. So I'm Adam Gragg and I'm a family therapist, a life coach, been in the mental health profession many, many years. What I'm gonna to talk to you about today are things that if you explain them to a six-year-old, they would be able to understand what we're discussing. I like to think break things down into simple ways, simple concepts. My passion in life is helping people find transformational clarity and help them overcome their biggest fears. I know that big, good things can be ahead for all my clients, all my listeners. I want to see you have that kind of breakthrough. A lot of people are just on the cusp. In fact, I think everybody is just on the cusp of a major breakthrough if they push through if they don't let fear have its way. I want that to be you, I want you to see that. Sometimes what I do is I take questions from clients. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me those. I'm gonna address those at the beginning of the show. I have two questions that I wanna address today. And the first one is, Adam, I have all these negative core beliefs, these things I believe about myself that keep me stuck. What can I do? Well, I would, challenge you to go back and check out episode, I think it's number four, I talk about limiting mindsets, negative core beliefs that hold you back. But what you can do is first of all, identify them. I mean, they often for a lot of people are just three or four things they believe, like they have to be perfect or rejection is permanent or it's something, but it often does connect to their past. And if they can't identify it and start recognizing it when it comes up, then they're gonna be stuck. So you have to go through a process to actually identify and recognize what is holding you back, those core beliefs that are often pretty deep. But I think a friend, a counselor, a coach can be very helpful to help you unpack that as well. Second question is, uh, this is an interesting one. This is one I hear a lot lot from people actually in a bunch of different ways, but I don't wanna talk about my past I don't think I need to deal with my past, yet I have people that tell me I should. Um, Why is that necessary? Well, great question. It is one that I get from people often. In fact, when people say that to me, like, hey, I don't wanna go there, I don't wanna talk about my parents, or I don't wanna talk about my job loss, or I don't wanna talk about my divorce. Well, usually that's, an area of sensitivity and there's a bunch of layers there and it's something that they probably should be dealing with. It's something that they should be starting to recognize and get some clarity with. But but I know it's necessary for a lot of people because they've pushed it so far down and 
the reason it's necessary is because they don't even understand and see how it's actually impacting and driving their life today. So one major reason is because you don't want to have you don't want to have it let it have power anymore. You want freedom, liberation, and that's exactly what that's the topic we're going to discuss today. I'm going to talk to you about three three big reasons that you you really want to go back and deal with your junk. That you don't want to hide from it, you don't want to run from it. And and then three ways to actually do that. And and before I jump into that topic though, I do want to say that some people have dealt with their past. I mean, some people have moved on. I mean, it's not that everybody has junk they got to they got to deal with. I mean, I meet people often who they've had serious traumatic stuff, you know, combat or death of a loved one or death of a child, or it's all in all kinds of different categories. Yet they're able to talk about it. They recognize when it triggers them. They're able to make decisions that are contradictory to how they feel based on that past situation. And they're pretty stinking open about the whole stuff they've dealt with. They're not hiding from it. That hiding aspect is when I'm concerned. It's when it's like, well, we probably should, and I'm not going to push somebody. I'm not going to have anybody on my team push somebody, you know, to deal with their junk or their past. But, you know, it's something that is hopefully going to be a conversation at least. Well, would you give it some thought or would you consider? So anyway, today, three things, three major, three big reasons. This is such an important topic. I mean, come on, if we don't, figure out what is holding us back and identify it and recognize it and acknowledge it how can we heal it how can we even how can we do anything we just live in denial we're just we're just hiding out and the way i like to think about it, it's a concept that i pretty much go over with every single client it's this trigger space response trigger reaction concept so if you think about it in your mind that something triggers you and you don't even know why. Let's say the color blue triggers you, or somebody being yelling at their kids triggers you, or a certain car triggers you, or a certain place. You know, maybe it's a exotic location on the beach triggers you, and and that trigger it does something to you. You have thoughts and you have emotions <clears throat> based on that trigger. Now, for a lot of people, they have a trigger and then they just react. So they just go and they do whatever habitually they would normally do next whenever they're triggered and they don't even actually know it. So they hear somebody yelling at their kids and automatically they get super angry and they close off and they go hide or they, you know, walk away or whatever. And, and so that's an example of there's really no space. They don't know why they do it. They don't even recognize it that, that recognize it as triggering them. And I'm not condoning someone yelling at their kids. And maybe that parent was just being very firm because the kid was about to, jump out in front of a car or something. I, I don't know the exact situation, but that trigger creates a reaction. Now, when somebody has a trigger and then they start to add some space to it, they start to say, well, hey, uh, that emotional reaction was a little bit over the top. Or here's why I responded. And they say this in their head. Here's why I responded to that parent being very firm. It's probably because of situations in my past with my mom and my dad that trigger me. And I really, and I recognize that in myself. And then they get to choose their response. So they're not just going, they're not just making these emotional fear-based decisions. They're actually sensing that they have options here. They have choices here. They can make a decision here. And that's so important to me. I just love the word decide. I name my business and put that word in the name of the business, decide your legacy, because that is your power you can make decisions. It's hard. I get it. 
and getting away from your head and into your intuition is hard. It's work. And this is work, what I'm talking to you about today. It's not easy stuff. In fact, this is some of the most painful stuff that anybody can actually address oftentimes. I mean, dealing with your junk. And I know why people hide from it and run from it because they know if they address it, it's gonna bring up a lot of hurt and other fear. It's gonna make them very uncomfortable. And one of the challenges with dealing with your past is that it doesn't give you immediate feedback like running from it does. So if, if you, you get immediate feedback when you avoid something, if say you really wanna avoid a certain social situation, Maybe you were rejected and had a bunch of experiences dating through website, dating websites or meeting people and they haven't gone well. And so now when you even think about dating or meeting a, somebody attractive of the opposite sex, you just start getting this feeling of embarrassment and you get this uncomfortable feeling. So anytime that feeling kind of trigger comes up, avoiding it by go drinking a six pack or by watching movies for three hours or through even good things like exercise or eating or whatever, that gives you immediate feedback. You immediately feel some relief from that thing that's triggering you. Problem with this, the hard work in life is that it doesn't give you immediate feedback. It gives you eventual feedback because eventually, long-term, it's gonna cause some freedom. It's gonna give you a sense of joy and happiness in your life. but. Immediately facing a fear, dealing with your past, facing a person, that's probably gonna give you immediate feedback that's actually negative, not positive, like those addictive avoidance type behaviors. I know, it's hard, it's not what I wanna tell you, but then you, by faith, say, well, this is the right thing to do, I'm gonna move forward, I'm gonna face these fears, I'm gonna start walking into them, towards them, and not avoid them anymore, because by faith, I believe it's the right step to take. I believe it's the right thing to do. So let's go ahead and I wanna share with you some real incidents in my life that have triggered me. So when I was in seventh grade, I was being bullied. I shared this in a previous podcast. I kinda of go into depth on this. And I would certainly encourage you, if you like this one, uh, check out the other ones that I've recorded. But I was being bullied and some of the main instigator convinced somebody on the bus, this girl, to spray hairspray in my face. And I was a skinny, scrawny kid. I'm 6'2", six, 6'3", six, now. I'm tall, but I was not in seventh grade. I was a big time late bloomer. And so this girl did that on the bus, this crowded bus, right in my face, came out of the blue, no, out of nowhere. And you know what I did in that situation? I did probably what I shouldn't have done looking back, but I just reacted, I cried. I cried and and all the kids started laughing and I don't know how many kids were on a full bus but it was it was a very humiliating experience and they teased me for weeks after that because of it um, that scarred me I mean it created a scar that really when I was potentially going to be around new kids or even dealing with new situations. I mean, it would be this, I wanna avoid people because they can hurt me. And eventually I faced that situation. I actually faced the bully down and dealt with it. I hid all that stuff from my parents for so long. I still don't know why, but that created a trigger for me. Other situations could have happened years ago for you. And a lot of times people have so much shame about it, they don't even wanna talk about it. They just wanna tuck it away and hide it. And some kids do that with their parents like I did, 
But people do that as adults as well. And I can give you countless stories of adults, 50, 60-year-old men, women who had traumatic situations as a child that they had never actually dealt with until they're 50 or 60 years old. You know, incidents, for example, where kids have been locked in a closet, you know, by their brothers and thinking it was a joke, but leaving in them in there for eight hours, forgetting about them, not even knowing. And so it's something in maybe those brothers didn't think that was a big of a, that big of a deal, but that person was scarred. And until they unpack that and recognize it and see it for what it is, then it's going to be something that hinders them and leaves them there. And so, and you may think of, you know, the past as being traumatic incidents like a death of a child, or maybe it could be a divorce. It could be your parents growing up. Maybe they were neglectful, alcoholic, hurtful. Maybe they fought all the time. Maybe you were in a situation where you never felt like there was enough stability in the home. So you were always on edge. So traumatic situations can be incidents or they can be long-term situations that you have to deal with. And But they all fall in the category of traumatic. And traumatic simply means it's we weren't emotionally prepared to deal with this. And we didn't know how to make sense of it at the time. And so we found other coping mechanisms that weren't helping us face it and deal with it. And then we started to view our life through that lens. So if somebody was in combat, horrible thing, lost friends, buddies, you know, they could equate certain situations with being traumatic in just the real world after they've gone into civilian life. And we know the healthiest people actually do recognize that and they talk about it. They have a support network. And that's the stuff I'm going to talk about today too. So why do you want to go back and get closure? Big deal. So first of all, first big thing is you want to go back and get closure so that it stops hurting you now. It stops harming your life because it is. And because you're probably making decisions based on fear and you're doing things you wouldn't normally do. And you're avoiding situations that you probably could find a lot of joy and fun in. You're not meeting the people that are put in your life for you to meet and engage, potentially causing you anxiety, deep-seated anxiety, because you're afraid that situation is gonna repeat itself in the future. So you're hiding out. It's, mis- it's making you miss life. You're not fully yourself. In fact, parts of your personality are probably hidden from people because you aren't confident. You aren't, you're afraid that if you show those things, those parts of you, maybe subconsciously they, you equate them with why the situations happened in the past. So you hide out from exposing your sense of humor, having fun, enjoying people, just loving life, living life. So it doesn't harm you anymore. You, you figure out a way that I'm not gonna, I'm just, I'm not gonna let these triggers, I'm gonna deal with it. I recognize these triggers so they no longer have this power over my life that keeps me from taking that job or meeting that person or going on that adventure or acting the way that I wanna act versus trying to please people and do things that they want me to do versus doing what I want. It's knowing yourself and understanding yourself. As you deal with this stuff, you re- things are revealed in you. That, I mean, for example, I have this tendency to want to please people. I don't want to do things that rock the boat. So I don't tell people what I want. I don't ask for what I want. I know that about myself. And oftentimes I just kind of go with the flow versus saying, well, here's exactly what I want. And I do this in, in all kinds of situations. I don't make it clear. I feel this sense of guilt at times by not doing what other people want. And it's this false sense of guilt. So I recognize that trigger in me. I hate to cancel things with people. I hate to say no to people. So I have to practice that. I have to practice just saying, no, I don't want this, or here's what I do want. 
but I have this trigger in me based on situations in the past where things have gone bad when I have said no. And when I have been in situations where I've been uncomfortable and felt pressured. And those are my own traumas. Those are my own things that hold me back. And I've done some work to identify them. And in some situations, I still need to do some work. But that's the first thing. You want to deal with it because you don't want it to hold you back anymore. You don't want it to hinder you anymore. Second thing is you want to deal with your past because, you know what, you need to live with confidence and your past is going to create create situations where you're not going to have the kind of confidence that you need and should have. Think about it this way, is when you don't deal with this stuff, it's like going on a hike with a backpack full of rocks, 100 pounds worth of rocks that you got there on your back and you think you have to carry these things around because you've always carried them around. You've never known what it's like not to carry them around. And then you decide to take some of the rocks out of the backpack and you're like, oh my gosh, this is good. This feels good. I mean, it's only weighs 30 pounds now. And then you realize that I don't even have to carry around any of these rocks anymore. I can deal with this stuff. I can let go of the backpack and I can live with this freedom that I didn't even know I could actually have. Call it freedom, call it liberation, but it no longer weighs you down. And that's a big motivating factor for a lot of people because a lot of people, they do know that something is weighing them down. Often your friends know. Often the people that love you know. They know there's something there and you probably should face it and you probably should deal with it. Yet, hey, it's holding you back. So, and I've struggled there. I mean, confidence has been an issue with me. I've had moments where I've been very confident, really like myself really like my positive qualities and and accept my negative qualities and see them as even beneficial. But then I've had things happen that have rocked my confidence. They've been shocks, things I've had to deal with. I don't want to weigh me down anymore. And facing it and talking about it and identifying it and dealing with it is what helps me to not be weighed down with it anymore. So the third big reason, and I'm kind of hinting at all of these, they're kind of pretty connected, but The big motivating factor for a lot of people is to just move forward with life. So you deal with your past so you can move forward with life. You can start reaching those goals that you know are there, that you can't get past being stuck. Something is holding you back and you know it. You know there's something there, yet you haven't faced it. You haven't dealt with it. And by making sense of it, you can start to grasp that, okay, I'm not defective. Um, I went through something. I can even see it as a strength. I could even see it as a way to help others. I can see it as something that's actually benefited me. But that's that third big thing is it no longer is holding you back. And people will say, well, it's not holding me back. You know, I haven't talked about it for years. It hasn't been even something that's crossed my mind. Yet, I, a lot of times people just live in denial. I mean, it's actually been on their mind. They've thought about it. In fact, they've thought about it every day. I've had people say that to me on many occasions. I never think about that. It's nowhere in my radar at all. It's not something that even crosses my mind. And then after they actually start talking about it, doing some activities, they realize it's actually on their mind every day in subtle ways. It's in an, in an emotional way because they're avoiding doing something that reminds them of that situation in the past. They're avoiding men or they're avoiding women or they're avoiding setting a goal or they're avoiding um, taking good care of their health because of something that has happened, which, you know, there's a lot of addictive kind of behaviors and we can even tie them to certain types of trauma as well. There's some research on that. So, you know, people that are addicted to food, alcohol, you can be addicted to 
all kinds of things, dysfunctional and things we actually qualify as, as, as healthy activities that we can be addicted to, you know, like reading or um, exercise sort of thing. But you want to deal with it so it doesn't weigh you down. And that freedom that comes from making sense of it and saying, oh my gosh, this is what I've been doing for 20 years and why, that can be just amazing because now you understand your triggers and you understand that you do have some power and you can make a choice. So those three things. So first, to stop it from harming you, to stop letting fear harm you. You deal with your past. Two, confidence. So you can be fully yourself. You can act the way you want to act. You can do what you want to do. You can make choices and not react. And then three, so you can actually move forward and start setting those goals and reaching your goals and doing the things you want to do. You can move forward. There are some real key things you have to accept about traumatic events that in order to move forward, you got to make peace. You got to accept these. I like to say these five things you got to make sure you accept. And I'm going to go through those real quick because it'll give you some background into how to face and how to deal with trauma. So first thing is you got to accept that the trauma has actually impacted you. It's wounded your heart. It's damaged your thinking. It's created an unhealthy perspective. That incident that you went through or that situation that you experienced, it created a trigger for you. You have to admit that. That's number one. Number two is you have to admit and accept the fact that regardless of what you've been through, you're still worthy. You're still worthy. You know, your situation may be different than others. Maybe you look at other people's situations like combat or, you know, losing a child as an infant or a baby or whatever as being more traumatic, but that's a dangerous path to go down because you in that situation as a kid or you in that situation even as an adult, you know, it impacted you. It was not something you were prepared for and it did something to you emotionally and psychologically. And that's a big deal. And, and that in itself is worthy of being addressed. You're worthy. The third thing is that people will judge you if you open up about it. Yes, people will judge you, but good people won't. And people that understand eventually won't. They're either afraid or they're fearful, but it's a reflection on them. And they, that's, that's just on them, you know? And the, the, the fourth thing is that freedom will come eventually. Um, freedom will come eventually as you deal with it. That by faith, hey, if you work it through, it's worthy. You don't live there forever. You don't spend 20 hours a week working on this stuff, but incrementally, one activity, talking to somebody, dealing with it, you start facing it and you start moving in the direction of healing and hope. And and the fifth thing is, is that eventually you'll be able to make some sense of what happened, meaning eventually, and that's part of the freedom, you'll be able to either say, you know, um, you know, uh, I hate this situation, I would never have wanted to go through it, but there'll be some level of, okay, I can make some sense of, of this and explain it and even see how, and part of making sense may be how it's made you a stronger person made you somebody who can help other people. But that's the whole acceptance factor. And acceptance is is the key. I, mean, I would say acceptance is the key to, if we say in Al-Anon, all of life's problems. You know, Acceptance is a crucial thing. So now let's talk about some three things you can do to go ahead and move towards healing. 
And these are three activities. And so the first activity is creating a life timeline. And you can do this on a piece of paper, or you can list it out on a, on a piece of paper. You can do it on a whiteboard and take a picture. You can do it on a large sheet of paper. Um, but what you're doing is, first of all, you're listing anything that's been traumatic in your life. It could be a situation specifically, or it could be an ongoing, it could be a specific event like a car accident or an ongoing uh, situation like parents fighting all the time violently could be something um, but you want to list it first and start at your earliest memories so it could be even for some at age three or four because people remember have memories often when they're very young when they have gone through something traumatic like that the second thing is you want to list how you felt at the time try to identify how you felt did you feel scared did you feel numb did you feel worried about the future how did you actually feel at the time, or if you don't remember how you felt, how you think you probably felt. So you list that. The, the fourth thing is, is describe how you believe it impacts you today. And you may know specifically how that event impacts you today, or you may have an idea of how it probably impacts you today. So write that down. And then the fourth thing, which tends to be extremely helpful once people do this, is, is write down any questions you have about the incident. So do you have questions for your parents? Do you have questions for the person that harmed you? Do you have questions for the doctors? Do you have questions for um, anybody? I mean, it's those questions will provide you some clarity on the incident. So an example is, you know, I had a, a client, she lost her mom to cancer. And she, about two years later, after the can't, after her mom had passed, she had some questions for the doctors because she felt angry about how it was handled. And then going and talking to the oncologist and the primary care physician gave her some insight into the situation, which actually helped her to get some closure because that was a very traumatic incident. So that's what I mean. So you do a life timeline excellent, productive activity and give yourself as much time to do it as you want. Some people take take a month to do this. That is fine. There's no rush. Second thing you can do is you identify life lessons from these traumatic incidents. So you look back and you look at each incident and you ask yourself the question, and this is kind of a, a weird question, but, but what could you have done or what could I have done differently in this situation? And often, your answer to that is nothing. You know, you were a kid or you were trusting somebody. You know, I've had situations where I've trusted people as an adult, as a really young adult, that I should have been able to trust. People in positions of spiritual authority who came out to not be good people. And it ended up being like, wow, how could I trust these people? And I look back and think, well, you know, I was trusting the judgment of other people and how they were being represented. So I'm less of like, less blaming myself and more of just accepting that I did the best I could in that time. So how could, what could you have done differently? Second question is, what did you learn? What did you learn? And you know, did you learn that it wasn't your fault? That could be a great lesson to learn. Have you learned that? Or do you need to learn that? Do you, did you learn that you should listen to your intuition or you should listen to other people who are trying to protect you or you should listen to you should not just be so trusting just point blank because someone is portrayed as a good person because of their title or status or position. You know, just because they're a school teacher doesn't mean you should automatically trust them or a coach or a, a or a, you know a, a spiritual leader or whatever. It doesn't mean you should automatically trust them. That's that's what I mean. So, and the, the third thing is how can I apply that life lesson? 
today. So that should give you some power. I can take this action. I can trust my intuition. I can be more cautious until people prove that they are trustworthy. Yeah, I can do more planning. How can I, what did you learn? And, and for most, as they go through that activity, they really learn to trust themselves. And that's the big damage of going through something traumatic is you stop trusting your intuition. You stop trusting yourself. You stop, and what I, the way I describe that is trusting, having faith, trusting God, trusting that it's gonna be okay, trusting that you have within you the ability to identify situations and make decisions and make good decisions within you. A lot of people make, they could make great decisions, but their past is leading them to making decisions that they wouldn't normally make. You know, they compromise based on their past. They trust people they shouldn't trust. They engage in relationships they know in their gut they shouldn't engage in. They do things they know that are damaging to themselves and their health and their psychological well-being, yet they're continuing to do these kinds of things and reacting because they're not trusting themselves. So that's that whole life lessons activity that I encourage you to engage in. And then the third thing that I encourage everybody to engage in is to learn how, learn how to open up. Learn how to open up. Don't go it alone. So you find somebody, and what I'll do with clients is have them list the names of four people that they believe in their gut, intuitively, central nervous system tells them that they probably can trust this person. So you list that down. And then you start engaging those people with topics like this. So you tell them about a traumatic incident. And you share with them how you feel it impacted you, how it impacts you today, what you learned, what actions you can take. You start talking to them about this stuff. We heal. We heal as we engage community, as we engage people, as we let people know what is really going on. I'm such a big fan of group kind of support. I have buddies that I meet with. I have a group of guys I meet with every Wednesday. I have a group of guys I meet with every other Tuesday evening. And we just talk about life in these environments. And I get inspiration. Sometimes I open up about stuff just like this, my past, other people. They open up about things they probably never talked to anybody else about before, like situations with their parents as a kid or situations with their spouse even now or frustrations they have in their own parenting, situations that are sad, but they talk about it and they open up. And I see people as they open up and talk, I see this inspiration a lot of times. I see them work it through. They hear others' perspectives on the situation, on the issue. They gain new perspective, which can transform their lives, which will transform their lives. We don't heal outside of community, really, we need it. We can't go it alone, we're not equipped. We don't have it all figured out. So other people's perspectives can seriously help. I do want to link to one article on confidence um, and the podcast on confidence as well. I did a podcast about a month ago, I believe, maybe five, six weeks ago on, on confidence building tips. And I think this that directly relates to this podcast as well, as well as the podcast that I did on limiting mindsets. Um, all of them, this is podcast 11. Finally, just a few things you can do here. If you enjoyed this, this was productive for you, if you got something out of it, make sure you uh, check out the blog post that's linked or that's connected to this article on why you should deal with the past because you can look at that. You can look at the show notes and that article. 
It'll list all these activities. It'll list these reasons why you want to go back. Share that with your friends. Forward it. Such an important thing. Let's not let our friends get held back by their past either. Let's let them actually move forward. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts um, or wherever you get podcasts, your podcasts. I love that. And give me a review. Those reviews make a huge difference. Um, I've had a bunch. I'm very excited and encouraged about the the reach that this podcast has had and the reviews people have left me, the emails I've gotten, it makes it worth it. Um, again, send me questions. If you have topics, I'm going to do a, a podcast on goal setting um, based on specifically a question that a client or that somebody had that, not a client, but somebody had that reached out to me. Um, I'm going to do that kind of stuff moving forward. So let's address your issues. I want to address your issues. And if you found this helpful, please subscribe to my newsletter on my website, um, decideyourlegacy.com. On the bottom, on the website, subscribe. You will get Life Balance Tips ebook um, on there, 50 great relationship building questions as well if you subscribe. Um, you can also subscribe there to my, um, my worksheet. It's five it's a five-day guide to over, overpowering anxiety. Five-day guide to overpowering anxiety, directly related to this podcast as well. And finally, you know, I'd love to work with you. If you're looking for a coach, somebody, me or somebody on my team, we can work with you with coaching. I do take clients through this information, and it can be helpful to have that one-on-one processing through coaching on dealing with your past, um, so that you can reach your goals. In coaching, I help people reach some kind of outcome that they want to, someplace they want to get. I help people with life transitions, so they're going looking for a new job, a new life. Um, maybe they're overcoming some kind of life obstacle, like a divorce or a major loss, or maybe they just feel stuck. They can't get to that next level in life. And so let somebody on the Decide Your Legacy team help you out. And so hire us for some coaching. We'd love to help. Um, Group coaching as well. Let us know if you're interested in that. We put groups of people together to go through this process together. That's a very exciting thing. Get to know some people, build some relationships, create a community as well. Let us know if that's an interest of yours as well. So in closing, you... If you learn one thing today, apply it. If something just stuck to you, some action, something resonated, why you should deal with your past, three things. First of all, so it doesn't damage your life, to get confidence and to move forward. If you learn one thing, one activity, just apply it. You decide your legacy. Don't let the past decide your legacy for you. Don't let yourself react again anymore. It's going to be a process. It's going to take time. You're going to make mistakes, but you decide your legacy. You decide your future. Nobody else. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. 